This episode is sponsored by Kettle and Fire, the tastiest, most convenient, grass-fed bone broth that I like to drink basically any time throughout my day. But in particular, I've been replacing my coffee with bone broth in the morning. It's just something warm. It's like a warm hug, and it tastes so good. It's great for your hair, skin, nails. It comes in sippable flavors. Um, And not only that, you guys, it can be delivered right to your door. So you don't even have to go to the grocery store healthy, delicious bone broth right to your door. I'm going to be doing this for the next three weeks, every morning starting my day off with Kettle and Fire bone broth. And if you want to join me in that, which I highly recommend that you do, you can use the promo code WILDLOVE to get 10% off. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Ooh, the sounds of sweet vibrations. Mm, so sweet they are. I have to say, this is one of my favorite favorite sex toy companies because one, you have a sweet ass time, but also, I mean, they have so many different options for you. And look how pretty and fun they are. They're bright colors. They do all kinds of exciting things. There's one that goes around your clit in like surround sound. There's one that (laughs) simulates um, conolingus. It doesn't vibrate. It kind of blows air. I love these. Also, all of them are waterproof. All of them are rechargeable. They come with a discreet travel case, USB charging cable. I mean, this really is absolutely amazing. Plus, there's a lifetime warranty. So if you're looking to have a sweet time with sweet vibrations... For a long time. For a very long time. Mm-hmm. You can check them out on Instagram at Sweet Vibrations and online. Visit sweetvibes.toys. And we have a little promo code for you. We do. It's wild love. And you get 15% off at checkout. That adds up. Have some fun. Woo. On this episode of True Sex and Wild Love, we sit down with one stud of a man, Kyle Kingsbury. We talk about his polyamorous relationship with his wife and his wife's boyfriend and how they successfully raise their kids through it all. And that's one of the biggest questions that I get. What about the children when it comes to open relationships or polyamory? Well, Kyle will tell us. We also talk about wrestling sex moves that you can take into the bedroom and how he's beginning to date. Now, a lot has changed since we did this podcast. We did it quite a few months ago in New York City. So I can't wait to have Kyle back on the show so he can give us a full update. But this is still one of my favorite episodes and I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I do. Nothing is off the table with Kyle Kingsbury. That's what he said, and we're going to hold him to that. (laughs) And he's coming. He's fresh off the New York streets. He's ready to talk about true sex and wild love and everything in between. I don't know what's in between, but we'll talk about it. I slithered in. I'm going to try to fit in between, no matter what that that is. (laughs) (laughs) Try to get in between it. You didn't slither in, though. You walked in proudly, and then you hinged to sit. Oh, that's right. We did yeah. the hinge. We're hinged. hip hinge. We did the hip hinge. And we're stacked. I did kind of a vagina slap hinge. Yes. Well, I think you started the vagina I slapping started trend. That, the vulva. The vulva. The vulva press hinge. Do people even know what hinging is? Maybe Kyle can tell them. He oh, said we, he would talk about that. anything. Anything. <laughs> all right. So for all of you listening at home or if you're in your car, you're going to just grab your private parts and push back when about an standing. inch or two yeah. while yep. you're standing. And then you're going to slowly press your ass back like you're squatting 500 pounds until you sit down in a comfortable position and you're stacked one vertebrae on top of another. So you really do need to press on your private parts. It's better Let's if you it. press on your genitals like there's a fig leaf there and you're pushing the fig leaf back. You can't squat very well. There. You did it. Look how beautifully you're sitting now. I and think your pants easy. are barely holding on right now. They're, I think you want my pants to be barely holding on. <laughs> they are though. They are. Look but yeah. But yeah. I I'm not gonna. Though. I'm not gonna argue with that. I have like seven buttons. They're not. These bitches ain't going anywhere. They're the idea of pants. They're the they're, idea of pants, and they look really good. There are threads pants. barely holding the pants together. Okay, Dad. It's pretty hot though. <laughs> It no, works there's for no you. complaints here. Thank Dad you. would be like, "What are you wearing? <laughs> Did I'm you like, fall on the way here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were skateboarding and you got really scuffed up. They look really good. <laughs> Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you. It's what happens when you're in New York. You can't do anything other than shop and eat and drink. 
those are the things we do really well here. Although nobody who lives here really enjoys it as much as you guys do when you come to visit. We appreciate it. Everybody yeah, you here guys is like, appreciate yeah, it. Whatever, you know, five star restaurant, big deal. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like the right. usual. We're right? so desensitized. And you guys come in and you light up. And then we remember that we live somewhere great. If you guys didn't come, we would just be back and shuttling back and forth, just binge watching TV, going to work, coming home. Eating something gray, mm. <laughs> exercising on a machine. Hungry man. That's the opposite of how you live. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. Yeah. You live very enthusiastically. Okay. That's a great way to right? put it. Right? You do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We have to tell that. people, Kyle, you have to tell people who you are because people who know Whitney and Aubrey and who listen to their podcast and your podcast know who you are, but tell people, we're going to do a nice introduction of you, or we already did, but in your own words, tell us who you are. And That is probably one of the hardest questions I've ever had, because <laughs> now I have to talk about myself. Um, I would say I am, and I got this from Kelly Surrett, but I'm a, I'm a student. I'm a student of many things, and I'm trying to learn as much as possible and try shit on for size. And that spans from everything in health and wellness to longevity, things that I actually talk about on my podcast, yeah. to just how to live better. And that's where open relationship has come in. And of course, I'm a huge fan of psychedelics and the non-typical things that you wouldn't necessarily call psychedelics, like MDMA and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm into everything. <laughs> that's kind of what I do is I just really, uh, it's, it's like, it's like Tim Ferriss. I'm trying things out. There's a self-experiment that's going, it's ongoing. And I report back to the masses about it. Mm -hmm. I love that too. Cause you're just doing everything. You're trying it all out to see what you like, what you don't like. And this is what I tell people. It's try things because you might not, maybe you don't like it, but you might have an amazing story just to tell from it. Like just go for the story and the experience. And the more that you do that, the more relatable you are to other people. And it's fun. And you guys live in Austin where mm -hmm. I feel like the differences between Austin and New York, some of them are really obvious. Like we're a really big work obsessed city, right? But Austin is this incredible place where I really hadn't been before. And I thought, what's this going to be like? I know it's Austin and it's progressive and it's, you know, a really interesting place, but it is Texas, right? Mm -hmm. So I was really fascinated through the lens of anthropology to see the world that you guys have built in Austin. What did you think? I mean, I live in a world where we have kids. Everybody's pretty tamped down. We're kind of broken by work and not broken, but you know, we're in a, we're kind of on a hamster wheel here, right? I saw so much joy in Austin, even for the couple of days that I was there. And I mean, we were working hard, all of us, the three of us were working hard when we were in Austin together, but there was um, such a kind of happiness and such a feeling that you guys were inventing your lives. I think that you're spreading that word on your podcast is incredible. And thanks for bringing it to New York. Yeah. Yeah, we need it. <laughs> Pumping up the town with a little extra energy. Woo! Woo! And some happiness. Well, yeah, Texans are always happy. Well, not always, but we're known for being very friendly and happy. What is that? How is it? Is it the I sunshine? Think, I think it, honestly, I think it has to do with, like, it's Southern hospitality meets a sliver of progressiveness. So you have yeah. people that wave to one another, but there's no racism which is like the fucking best of both worlds, mm -hmm. right? Because there's there's plenty of places in the South where you go and, and you're like, everyone waves if you're white. <laughs> but, mm. but, and you can um, smell that KKK Yeah, and there's Confederate flags in every store. You know, yeah. I, the first time I went to Kentucky, I had uh, I was working with a bunch of special forces guys and I was teaching combatives and they were teaching me, you know, different type of uh, uh, arms training. And... They were like, hey, man, this ain't California, just so you know. You know, people don't really talk to one another here if they're not of the same race. And I was Whoa. like, no shit. Whoa. And uh, we went into a gas station. And of course, they had Confederate flag hats and fucking flags everywhere. 
and there was three big black dudes outside and we got outside and they saw they saw us fucking around with each other and they're like hey man y'all ain't from around here are you like that and they're like no we're from we're from california they're like oh shit you're from cali and they knew that we weren't racist because we were from California. Wow. So they started chopping it up with us. Right. And it was totally cool because it was like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah. It's almost like like they there's so much history there that it's an issue if you're from there. But knowing they were from Cali, they were you like, could they, press just, the they opened up to us. Yeah, that. they opened yeah. up to us. And that was cool. Okay, I'm sorry. You kind of buried the lead. Special forces. Can you can you go back to that for a minute? Just tell people who don't know who you are. About. Well, I used to fight in the UFC and uh, for about, I think, six years I fought in the UFC, eight years professional. And um, one of my first coaches was a, a Jeet Kune Do guy. So Bruce Lee, Jeet Kune Do. And he trained under Dan Inosanto out of um, Santa Monica. And so Dan Inosanto was one of Bruce Lee's best students and really has has carried the torch for that. But he's also worked with a ton of special forces guys. So Green Berets, Marine Recon, a lot of people like that. And um, it was really cool. I mean, I've I've done, I've been able to do a lot of tours for the troops. So that's actually how I met Natasha. My wife was on a tour for the troops, like um, like a goodwill military tour. So Armed Forces Entertainment will put those together, kind of USO style. Where did you guys go? We met in Kuwait and Iraq. Wow. Yeah. And we were there for two weeks and just spent, you know, every hour together and totally hit it off as pals. Mm -hmm. And then... uh, Yeah, it's so cute. They call each other pal. (laughs) Not like babe or sweetheart or honey. Hey, pal. Hey, pal. Hey, pal. (laughs) Yeah. That's funny because it's almost like a joke in college, you know, when people, especially when... in Dudes will appreciate this, but when guys are like, "Hey, boss, what's up, champ?" Yeah. You know, you're like, "Fuck you." <laughs> so that was another one, pal. You know, you say it a little aggressive, "Hey, pal." You know? <laughs> but um, yeah, she, I was, I was in a relationship, so I just basically treated her like my little sister, farted in her face, like a pal. Like that was, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like I, I did, I did all the things I wouldn't do if I was trying to actually get with her, and um. She hit me up a few months later because she was going to do the Nike Women's Marathon in San Francisco. And she's like, hey, can I stay with you and your girlfriend? And I was like, about that. Uh, we actually broke up, but you're welcome to well, stay. perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. And uh, I have a twin-sized bed. <laughs> yeah. This is going to work out. Yeah. There's plenty of room. Uh, she, she was a ring girl, right? She yeah. had to tell me what that meant. She was a ring girl for the UFC and she won like the maximum. They did like a, a ring girl search, basically. And so she was voted in and did that for a little while and then was a ring girl in Invicta, which is an all women's fighting organization. But what she's is a ring girl, girl again? They what just is bring it? they just fucking walk around with uh, which round it is in their in their right. hands. You know, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Hot, yeah. You, super hot. You guys are from fighter culture. You're from Texas and you're from UFC culture. Yeah. Did I ever tell I you mean, that at it's the end? Amazing. At, in high school in Corpus Christi, Texas, at the very last day of school, everybody would get together on the beach. And if you had beef with somebody, you would have to call them out at school. And all the trucks would be in a circle and all the students from our entire high school. It's like Lionheart with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've seen it. Ryan Giles knows what's up. He's shaking his head. Yes. They're yeah. all, all and they turn all the headlights on in the cars. Yeah. So it's spotlight. It's like it's like spotlight wrestling. And and we bring, but we bring they would box. You box them. And we had rounds and everything. And so people would legit fight each other for whatever beef they had throughout the entire school year. This was in high school. This was in high school. At the did big, the girls, very last day. Did the girls? Girls, fight? guys, whoever. And then someone would get in the middle and be like, you know, so and so, you're in. And then <laughs> like, oh! Oh shit! He got called out. Did you fight anybody? No, Whitney? I didn't. You actually. didn't. One of my best, my best friend Sarah did though. She got to get in there and just Felicia? be aggressive. Yes. I love it. Yes. Oh, she's yes. a savage. So that was that was the one year that the cops finally caught on to what was happening, and so they broke it up. So then we went to this other area of the beach, and then that's when Sarah was like. Well, I can't remember the girl's name, but you know, Veronica, <laughs> come over here. Come on in. Like a boyfriend situation. Esther. 
I'm calling you out. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I think that's maybe just as good a way to do it as the way women tend to be aggressive with each other. Like yeah. we tend to be, we learn to be more underhanded and subtle Passive. and do like reputational assault. But you guys are just doing assault. Just straight up. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. Let's cut to the chase here. Yeah. We spent the whole the year judging each other and coming up with rumors and talking shit about each other. Now let's just punch each other in the face. Right. You know. And you, you were a fighter, like well, not I just fought. at school. I didn't, I never fought at school. The only time I ever punched anybody was when I was training for my boxing fight. Right. Yeah. I'm sitting here with a couple of boxers, right? Mm. This isn't a usual thing for me. Like, I'm not usually here sitting with a couple <laughs> of boxers. So I just want to thank you for that. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're, upping right. my, you're upping my day. <laughs> for the rest of my day, I can say that I sat around with a couple of boxers too. I mean, I, I love fighters. Mm. Yeah. If I, I have know. a type, I got a type. No, is that your type? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I know what it is, I think. But it's just like their confidence. They can fuck people up. They're usually really sweet, too. Like, you think fighters She's are- pointing at me for the that people that really don't sweet. see the video right now. She's, she's pointing right at me while she says this. <laughs> I'm staring deeply into Kyle's eyes while I say that. Well, maybe they're so sweet because they got nothing to prove, right? It's like proving it in the ring. And then, hey, I can just be cool and sweet. That's, I think that life. is for sure a part of it is, that is the part fact of it? that like even in among jujitsu, you're tested every day. You're tested every time you get on the mat. So you've been tapped thousands of times if you've become a black belt. You've already paid your dues in, in so many ways. It's humbling all the way up. And it continues right. to be that way. Even when I got a black belt and I started training with other black belts more, it's like, oh shit, I feel like I just beat the video game and it started back over at level one and it's much more difficult now. So I think people have that, if they've been in it long enough, the chip's off their shoulder because they've been yeah. they've been humbled throughout the experience and through the learning of that. And sure, you're the hammer sometimes, but sometimes you're the nail getting smashed. Right. You know? Yeah. Is there also a like nothing to prove thing there? Like, I feel like a lot of guys go out on the street. If they're heterosexual, there's a lot of pressure on them to be super masculine, right? Do you feel like fighters have less to prove in that way? Are they I just think so. like, I, think like so. I proved yeah. it already in the ring? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I know a lot of fucking softies. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of fighters <laughs> that are like big teddy bears. Chuck Liddell is one of the biggest teddy bears, you know, just a sweetheart. So obviously a killer in the ring, but he's a sweetheart. Does Natasha box? No, none at all. She, she wants me to teach her striking, but it's funny because she's so bendy. Like she... She's she, like the most flexible human on the planet. She, like she, she could be a contortionist. She no, she for sure could. Like she can, she can apply her own sunscreen on her back or lotion and get every square inch. <laughs> How is that sexually? That is a like, skill. I wonder, like, is it's, there? It's, have y'all? Have yeah. you tried to get into like the weirdest position? To get like, do you do a whole Cirque du Soleil thing? You she, could. She can put both legs behind her head. We haven't had sex like that, but she can do that. Okay, well, we just gave you a new idea. So you're welcome. All right, I'm in. I'm into it. <laughs> I'm trying to like think of some other really extremely fle flexible Contor positions. Yeah. We too bad we don't have the Kama Sutra with us right I now. We could just go through the pages that. and say, That's Kyle, true. have you guys done I this? I just think like Couldn't wrestling positions, you know, like there's a, there's something called the cradle where you get a leg, you get a leg and you get around the head and you kind of crank it and then your hands get together. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, oh, oh. <laughs> We've had sex in that position many times. And you it's, have? It's cool because it's like, there's a part of me that's like animal-like, I'm going to fucking own you here. And I just grab it and get her bent up. And, I think uh, our listeners need to try that. Awesome. Wait, explain that position again. The cradle. Actually, now, now I'm you've sure got you my can attention. Google it. Google it. Um, but yeah, you go under the leg and around the head. Wait, with and you your grip what? your own hang. You grip your own hands. You grip, okay, you're under somebody's leg and over their head. Do you need a visual of this? Yeah. Because I can grab Whitney right yeah, now. Yeah, do it to Whitney. All right. Okay. <laughs> well, don't so rip. you just come here. Oh, that's true. Well, actually, here, why don't you come around like this? This is so good. This is so good. So I'd be like this. Oh, I see. That's the cradle. Like that. Yeah. And then it's really like side sex. So I can get all the way. You so know. I got to be like this? 
I can get some. I can get some depth from that. So this side is angle. for intercourse. You can get some depth here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which could be good if you want a G spot orgasm. That cradle could be a new. I don't think I've ever seen in all the women's magazines that are like, try this great new sex position. I've never seen one that's yeah, like, but you try the cradle. It's a wrestling move, and it's really will get we're to your your G spot. We are. It, it looks like it something. will. Later, we can try. Yeah, we, we should, test, really we should, try we should test this out just to make sure. <laughs> we should vet this that way before we, we recommend it to people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the elephant in the room, which what I love about you and Natasha is it's not an elephant in the room at all. But when I went to Austin, I did think like, how is this going to be? I'm in Texas, right? And I knew that some of Aubrey's um, listeners had an issue that I was a feminist and that I was pro-gun control and I was like, oh, what's this going to be like in, in Texas when I get here to Austin to do this great event with Whitney and Aubrey? And so we had that dinner party that night, right? And I walked in and here was this um, beautiful, really friendly woman sitting between two men. The man on her left, was she was holding his hand and the man on her right, she was also holding his hand and that's how she was sitting at the dinner party. And I thought, I need to know what's going on here. (laughs) And you and Natasha were two thirds of that configuration that I saw. And I thought, wow, this is Austin. Can you talk a little bit about your arrangement and how you guys came to it? Tell us about it. Yeah. Where do I start? Um, Well, let's see. I mean, I think we had read Sex at Dawn Back in the day. And it's funny because when I actually had that book. By our friend Chris Ryan. Our boy. We love him. Our boy. I was just hunting with him. And uh, He in showed Hawaii. me the pictures. Yeah. I, I asked if you guys were all wearing um, Christian Louboutin shoes <laughs> with your camo. <laughs> <laughs> Those camo photos. Okay, go on. So we we I had Sex at Dawn on the table. I hadn't even opened it yet. And she looked it up on one of the Amazon reviews and she was like, so you want to fuck other people? And How I was like, How long whoa, had you whoa, been whoa. together at this point? Uh, we'd probably been living together for three or four years. Chris Ryan starting <laughs> conversation. <laughs> oh my God, totally. Yeah. That's what happened with us too. We read it and I remember reading it just like fuming, like, mm-hmm, I see what the <laughs> fuck you want to do here. Mm, <clears throat> cute. Yeah, we, so I didn't, I thought it was like a sex <clears throat> help book. Like, oh, this will teach me how to- eat pussy better or fill in the blank. Like it'll make me better at sex because this, and I, I had heard him on Rogan's. I knew he was into open relationship, but I didn't know the book was about that. I thought it was like a sex ed book. So. Oh, I'll, that's funny that you thought that Chris Ryan had written and Kisilda Jetha had written a self-help book. I love that uh-huh. you thought that. That's what I thought. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, and then you get into it and you're like, shit, anthropology. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. Bonobos. I was all about it, but it was funny because I read it and I was like, it's actually a really good book. So after the, the, the storm kind of settled, I was Natasha like, was a, pissed. Yeah. I was like, it's a really good book and I think you should read it. And then she read it and she was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense, but we don't live in a tribal community now. You know, there there are big differences between where that happens in the world today and where it used to happen versus how we live now. And we don't have, you know, the the Dunbar's 150 people, you know, like the, everybody knows everybody, that kind of thing. And everyone looks out for one another. That's not what we have. We're, we're now. not we're not living our best cooperative breeder life right not, now. Not at all. Well, so, now you are. I think the, yeah, exactly. So thinking about that, like, how do we reconstruct that? And that's really where the seed was planted from Aubrey was this idea around building tribe. And, you know, we don't have family in Austin. I'm from the Bay Area. Tasha's from Vegas. And so all our families on the West Coast and really just trying to construct an archetype, what we want that picture to look like, who we have in the mix has to be, we're, we're parents. So they have to be good with kids. They have to understand what they're signing up for because it's more than just, hey, we're both, you know, we're married, but we're without children. Then it's, it can it can be a little bit more loose or, you know, yeah. it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily that we have to have it in a perfect way. But what we've called in to our experience, I mean, we've we've got that like Christian is uh, my wife's boyfriend and he's fucking amazing. And there's a lot of hurdles to get to this point where I can say that about him. But And I do want to talk about the hurdles because I want people to <laughs> understand. Hurdles. Because everyone's like, oh yeah, it looks like you guys are crushing it. And like, God, 
It's you know, so understand. much work. It's so much work. And there's so much like challenge. But like yeah. you said, you've hit like you, you were talking about, you hit the gold mine with Christian. Yeah. Can I ask, how did it start out? Because it didn't start out with Christian. How did you guys start out opening up your relationship? You read Sex at Dawn. Natasha said this makes sense. We and had then- a yeah, we had a long conversation about it for years and really ironed out a lot of the kinks in the talks. And there was, you know, there was some good arguments happening because of that. And, uh, but we got through a lot together and brought, and it brought us closer. What was some of the stuff that was coming up for you? Just even through the chatting. It's, it's hard to say now exactly what we were arguing about, but anything can be a trigger. That's, that's one thing I've learned in this first part, you know, getting, getting to this stage all the interim in between that is anything can be a trigger. And even we would have amazing sex. We'd go to bed, have a long conversation and she'd have a nightmare in the middle of the night about me leaving her for another woman. And we'd wake up and she'd be super chippy and just like, what the fuck? You know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we were cool. Because like, you were boiling <laughs> yeah. it up in the conversation, then her unconscious was not done yet with yeah. working it through. Yeah, she hadn't processed a lot of the things. And so we'd wake up and there'd be a huge argument in the morning before I go to work. And I'm just fucking wrapping my head around like, damn, this is so much more work than I thought it would be. And also, like, I don't even know if it's worth it at times. That's what I felt. And, um, and I think that's totally normal. Like, I feel like, when people are talking about open or interested in getting to open, one, realizing that it's going to be more work than you could ever even possibly dream of or think of or imagine or write out or talk about, you know? Um, And so just knowing that. Yeah. And then knowing that it also takes a lot of energy too. Like it's, it's, if you have a highly demanding job, you it's going to be challenging to venture down this because you're going to need mental and emotional energy to put towards your relationship. It becomes like a job. Yeah. I mean, you guys Very are experts so. yourselves, but every time I interviewed an expert when I was writing on True about like, tell me about your patients or your clients who are consensually non-monogamous or a lot of experts are themselves consensually non-monogamous. They always said two things. They always said, it is so time consuming it's unbelievably time consuming. But the other thing they said is people in consensually non-monogamous relationships develop amazing communication skills because it's hard to get to the same place together. And they're just like, as they're doing this, they're building the most incredible ways of talking to each other. And they, every expert will say like, I wish my monogamous, you know, pair bonded clients or patients had the communication skills of the people I work with who are in open relationships. So it's amazing to hear how you actually were getting there with Natasha through the arguments. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, like this, this lit a fire under my ass to learn more. So talking about communication, I mean, I, I read nonviolent communication, which I think is a must read for anybody, whether you're monogamous or not. Uh, Conscious Loving, is a great book. And then also More Than Two, An Ethical Guide to Polyamory. Mm-hmm. And all those things taught me how to communicate better and but also like how to decipher. So if if you're in an argument, oftentimes there's blame and there's judgment and there's, you know, it's not nonviolent in the way people talk to one another, but being able to decipher through that and say things back to the person in a way where they feel heard that's it. That's the fucking name of the game. When we're talking about communication, it's 100% has to do with, do you feel heard? Do you feel understood? And if you can get to that place where you do understand what they're saying and you're able to convey that back to them, right? then everything opens up from that point. So here you guys are trying to do this thing. You're like exhausted on your way to work every day, probably preoccupied. <laughs> How did you get to the point where you tried and actually opened things up for the first time and how did it go? Well, we, I think we were, I think it was Burning Man last year where we were like, mm-hmm. we're definitely open now. You know, like we had, we hadn't started it, but we had come to the place where we we knew we were, we were going to be open and give it an honest go. And it's funny because, you know, any, like I said, anything can be a trigger, but there was a girl there who I had seen a year ago who worked at our camp. And, uh, and I was like, she could be, yeah, that could, that could work, you know? And and Tosh was like, "Oh my God, you like her?" You know. What the fuck? You're making me question everything right now. I thought she was kind of cool, you know. And, uh, 
and her and her husband were in an open relationship too. So, you know, it was, it was just funny though, because like it, it you never know what's going to hit, what's going to be an issue for people, but just her seeing, you know, that difference. And that's something that we've had a conversation about is I don't want to find the same. I don't want to find Tosh 2.0. I don't want to find another version of her. I want to, I want differences. You want variety want, yeah, and novelty. That's novelty, right? Yeah. So to have somebody that's maybe a little thicker, maybe a little taller, maybe a brunette, you know, just anything that's not her that right. provides contrast to where she is highlighted because of that. Right. You know? And like right. personality differences. Yeah. Too, you know, like if you sure. look at Aubrey and my boyfriend, Ricky, like they are on opposite sides of the spectrum from each other. And they also look completely different. One's, you know, 6'3", and the other one's 5'10", or something. And one's blonde hair, and the other one's dark hair. And it's just like, they could not be more different. And But that's why you love to appreciate both of them, you know? Like, it's fun to enjoy doing something different, having different conversations. Right. And, and I don't know. I, I, I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. So you started out that it wasn't a polyamorous thing. Everybody wasn't involved together. You were with this other woman who became your partner. And Natasha, was she, did she have another partner right away? Or did did you guys sleep with this woman together? Or how no, did you we, guys handle so that? So that, that ended up not happening at Burning Man because I got cold feet. And then um, I actually dated, I dated. In uh, the desert, cold feet in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> I had a girlfriend who was really good friends with Tasha. They're still friends. And we dated for probably eight weeks. But there were there was, you know, its own. That was the first thing that opened us up was me having this girlfriend. And she's really great. But there was a lot of there was a lot of hurdles and a lot of things that that made it challenging. And ultimately, their friendship kind of not working out was one of the things that that had I pulled away because of that. Right. So I think that's that's one of the primary agreements. I want to say that's agreements. really respectful. One of our primary agreements is that whoever we bring into the mix, we're close to. And they have a relationship. Like, I have a relationship with her boyfriend. We're, we're homies. That's my brother. You know, like, and right. it didn't start that way. But we've done team building exercises like <laughs> microdosing LSD together and spending a lot of time in deep conversations and getting to know one another. And from there, I have a connection with him. You know, and right. so I think whoever we bring around, not only do they have to have a connection with us individually, but with our partners. And if right. there's a relationship there, then we've added to that community. We've added family. And, on, and additionally, we have to have that added benefit of an auntie or an uncle to bear. Right. Because you guys, really when you open things up, you guys, had, Bear was two years old, right? So you had a toddler and you were open to these adventures at a time when a lot of people would be saying, let's just shut it down. Let's just be pair bonded. This is it. This is our world. You guys were doing something really different. And this is such a big conversation. It's like one of the biggest questions that we get all the time. What about the children? What about kids? What happens when you have kids? What about this? So please enlighten (laughs) all of us. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, really, it just comes down to whoever we bring in the mix has to be somebody that we're not only comfortable bringing around our child, but somebody who's good with children and can right. add value to their life. And Bear's, he's going to turn four in, in May. So he's hes closing the gap on a, being a four-year-old and he's a big boy now. But with all that, you know, he won't fake, he can't fake it. He's not, he's, he's so young. Like if he doesn't like you, He's not going to fucking give you a hug. He's not going to say anything to you. You know, he'll he'll shy away. He'll hide behind my legs. Right. But with Christian, I mean, he'll he'll say, I love you, Uncle Christian. And he does it all right. the fucking time. It's amazing. You like, guys came over the other day and we hung out with Kyle and Natasha and Bear and Christian. It was just Ob and I, I think. And it was just amazing to watch the dynamic between you three, you know, because it was you and Tosh hanging out and Christian would hang out with Bear and then Kyle would hang out with Bear and it was Natasha and Christian. And so it was like a very collaborative, awesome, team working family all together. I mean, that's what it is, right? The evolutionary script of childhood and child rearing is that we all did it together. Like now we know we didn't evolve in these like pair bonds in a cave and the guy brought the meat. It's like, we evolved as cooperative breeders. This is what people need to understand, I think, about polyamory or these arrangements that seem so creative to us. It's like they were kind of our original situation. So it's, I'm not surprised that Bear can just 
relax into that with the right person and that it's helping you guys. You have another pair of hands. You're kind of like going back to the script of cooperative breeding, which we were, we're in a groove for that almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it certainly feels that way. And I, and I get it on multiple levels. It actually, there was a mushroom ceremony that I did with Paul Check and Aubrey and Dr. Dan and my wife, where this all came up because we had thought to wait until our kids are in high school or a little older and we're done having children to start this. And the message was very clear for us to start now because that will help us grow and help us change and be the best versions of ourselves. And that's what we'll give to our kids. So even though there'll be this, you know, a pretty steep on-ramp to, to get with the program and be cool with everything, um, that was what I was shown in the ceremony was it's so important to do this now because we're going to raise our kids differently because of the fact that we're putting ourselves through the grinder and having to grow based on that pressure. You're playing the long game. For sure. Well, and you're giving your kid another grown-up who's invested in his well-being and cares about him. I mean, whenever I interview people who are polyamorous, I don't know if you like that label. Sorry. I or like open. It. No, more than one okay. love. More than one love. Um, That's and, it. And I asked them about their kids because, as you said, everybody always asks that. Um, they've talked about the way you know, there's a real obligation, like a sacred obligation to only bring somebody who cares about their kids into the mix. And they're really mindful of that. But once they do, how is this not such a big benefit for the kid? I mean, this it's is massive. wonderful. Bear has like this other invested adult looking out for him, caring about him and for him to care about. Yeah. You know, a year ago I was, I was here in New York for a supplement conference that I go to now annually and uh, for product development on it. And, you know, every time I'd travel, I'd get the phone call from Tosh, like, God, bears, bears, this, that, you know, whatever's happening. Because on it was the home only front. you two. Exactly. And well, we have no family. She becomes like a single there. mother when you're yep. traveling. She so is she's, a fuck. She's a single yeah. mom. She's solo. She's doing it all by herself. And bears not in school yet. So it's a lot for her. And I know this from times where she's been out of town and I got to be solo dad for a few days. And I'm like, fuck. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the appreciation I have. It's like, you get put through the grinder like that and you're like, Fuck Father's Day. It's mm. all about Mother's Day. Like moms do it all. They yeah. do everything. And uh, so to understand that and then, you know, a year later now, I'm out of town. I, I went hunting for eight days. Chris Ryan was there. Dr. Peter Tia, Ben Greenfield, ton of cool people that I respect and have learned a lot from. And the eight days I'm gone, Christian's there every day. He's playing dad for a while, you know? Yeah, he's, and, he's that extra pair of hands yep. and that and heart. So she gets a break. She gets to have her time and there's no need to pay a babysitter. And Bear is fucking super happy because he has somebody he loves yeah. that's playing with him and engaged and not, you know, on his iPhone, like, oh yeah, whatever. And like he's he's super engaged. And he's also one of the hurdles I had was he's 10 years younger than me. He's 26. And he shredded. Shredded. <laughs> shredded. Okay, this is. I mean, but he, but Kyle is also shredded. So it's like when ew. I when I Kyle, say he's shredded, Kyle. I mean he's he is legit shredded. At this point, will you please take off your shirt? Okay, we can do yes, that. Yes, that would be great. <laughs> so we'll we'll finish the podcast <laughs> like this. Shirtless, Kyle. <laughs> let's just let's just talk about this. Yes, right. there are two elephants in the room. Whenever you talk about consensual non-monogamy or polyamory, people say, "What about the kids?" And people always non. Yay! Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then shredded. people always and shredded. Your whole can and everything. That's mm. a Hawaii. We want the ladies <laughs> and the gay men and everybody to have some candy right now. Everybody who's watching. Okay, so they talk about what about the kids? And then what's the other thing that people ask you all the time? The second most asked question. What about jealousy? Yeah. Were you about to go there when I made you oh, take off your shirt? For sure. For I just sure. wanted you to be, feel all so your strength. I, I think <laughs> that, you know, it's I I forget how this goes, and you would know this better than me, but they say that men have a harder time with the sex. Women have a harder time with love. Is that correct? That's what they say. Okay, that's what they say. That's what they I say. I felt all of it. You felt was, all of I it. Mean, and you know what's funny is, is it was New Year's Eve when I was like, you know, we I had had a girlfriend for a couple of months and that ended. But I really, like, now this is the time for Tosh to have skin in the game. So let me really say yes to this. And I'm telling her yes. And she's kind of nodding her head, but in disbelief, like, hey, this is going to be hard for you. I know what it's like. And you think it's going to be easy street. And I was like, 
Let me really show you. Yes. So I went to the store. I bought condoms for the first time in like 14 years. Freaking love this story. And I, and I realized as I was buying the condoms that I had to buy two sets of condoms. I had to buy Magnums because I didn't fucking know. Is he regular? Is he Magnum? And so right then I'm like, God, I oh. hope it's not the Magnums. <laughs> Why am I doing? Please don't choose the gold ones. Please don't choose the gold ones. One of my wife's lover has a bigger cock than I have. I never thought about that because yes. I'm and not a guy. For, and right. that's the fucking spoiler alert. He uses the Magnums, which I don't. So I was like, Ah! <laughs> I mean, that was like the one of the first big hurdles that I had to come to grips with. And, you know, in that, there's something that I've circled back to. And, and really, uh, I don't know if you've read The Five Love Languages. I think it's a great book. I, I haven't. I love John Gottman, but okay. I've heard so many it's good such, things it's about such that a good book, book, too. And it really just teaches you, you know, how to show love to a partner based on how they receive it and, and, and how they feel it. And, there's five different categories. Tosh and I are primarily touch-based. Like touch is the way we show affection and feel it from one another. Words of affirmation, where somebody says, you know, I love you and you're so great because, or however those words of affirmation come into the picture, that was never something that I required. But in open relationship, like for sure, that is a fucking massive requirement. But what's great is, in our conversations, you know, she would just remind me of the fact that we've been together for seven years. There's a certain degree of mastery that comes with that long of living together and that much sex where you just know each other's bodies. You're experts at each other. Yeah. We are experts. And that's the whole thing is it's like initially, and that's something I talk about in more than two, is this new relationship energy, NRE. NRE, Limerence. Yeah. And I'm like, but you can't fucking quiet that. You just got to fan the flame and yeah. just not worry about it because you can't compete with that. But at the same time, there is no competition there. Because even though the new thing is amazing and it's cool to lean into that new thing and be excited about it, on the other hand, there is that level of mastery you have with one another from knowing each other's bodies and having seven years together. And, and really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing about how long we stayed monogamous because now that's something I can lean back on and just know like, yeah, as great as their sex is, and he's a giver, and she'll <laughs> tell me he's a giver. And we've had, you know, I don't want to divulge too much, but we've had threesomes together. And it's it, what was cool in that, that was a bonding experience. But what was cool about that is I saw like, oh, he's a fucking human being. Like he's not Superman. You can <laughs> project all your stuff about. breaking her yeah. up. Yeah. Like, right, right. Like, like, yeah, he's good and he's a giver, but he's also a human. And, we're, and a we're we're similar, right? right so right. it's not like, you know, robo dick or whatever. And he could just, you know, like. He, he's, whatever you come up with in your mind, right? Like our mind will create the insane scenarios and mm -hmm. stories and it'll take you down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And I've had nightmares too, you know, but I mean, it, getting to this place now where, where, I mean seeing it firsthand and it also, I don't know, I might be a cuck. That's something people throw out all the time. Like, you fucking cuck. You I also don't understand. What's the big fucking deal? I'm tired yeah. of men and women <laughs> using that term to put men down. I mean, can you imagine, how mm -hmm. stupid is it to put down a man who is like strong enough and brave enough to say like, my masculinity is not tied into me controlling a woman. Yeah. And the, the whole thing is like, yeah, it does fucking turn me on. Like when we have threesomes and I hear her making the sounds and, and it doesn't matter which position we're in. She's making different sounds, whether she's, you know, facing me or facing away from me. Right. And it's a fucking turn on. It's one of the hottest things. To, like, Compersion. Be in that. Yeah. It's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a word for that, but Get I it. like the way you describe it. You're yeah. making it so real. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. It's like, I thought that there would be some things that came up for me in that, in those experiences. And that's been the most seamless thing out of all of this. When we have those experiences, it's like, fuck yes, we're doing it, we're getting it. And it's almost easier. I've had threesomes in a, you know, with with two girls, not with Tosh, but in a previous relationship. 
And like Aubrey says, it's almost like you're on the shot clock. You can't give too much attention it's to true. either one. You got 24 seconds before you got to pass let's the ball. Let's be a diplomat, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's, let's make sure that the wealth is spread among the people. Yeah, because you never know. Something will pop off real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's no good. But when it's one girl and two guys, like she's the star of the show. And there's no issue with guys having like enough entertainment in those scenarios because there's multiple holes. Like you're going to have a great time no matter what. And you might not be a person who that's your only deal, right? The whole, yeah. the intercourse. Yeah. Like yeah. you right. could exactly. try just be a part something of the, new. Yeah. yeah. You can watch, you can do, I mean, there's, there's just so much to it, but I think those experiences have been, been really important for Christian and I because they've, they're, they are bonding experiences, no different than dropping in on a microdose of LSD or something like that together. I've actually found having threesomes with other girls has been bonding for me and, yeah. and the other girl. Just being, I think, in that vulnerable place, you know, yeah. kind of opens the door. And, and even though we do have our own fears and insecurities and it's like, you better not touch her for too long over there. Like, I'm still over here. Or who are you going to finish with? Or what are you going to do? You know, it's like all of these thoughts in your head. But it is like, okay sister we're kind of like in this together let's take off these layers and be in this vulnerable place and i found that it's brought me closer with females yeah I it's get interesting because i think um i remember talking to justin lamiller who's a sex researcher who studies sexual fantasies and i think one of the biggest things that he accomplished with his new book tell me what you want is like helping everybody see you know what a lot of people are thinking about this a lot of the time. It's kind of a spectrum. People don't always want to do their sexual fantasies, but just to normalize how so many couples think about this and either they don't want to do it or they go ahead and they do it. But like the spectrum of normal is really wide and group sex and threesomes, especially for couples to like spice it up, have fun, do this stuff. Justin's book helped me understand like, I kind of knew already anyway, but I love that he put out there what you guys are saying. Mm. This is normal. Yeah, that was a great book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is so on the spectrum of normal, the threesome. Can we just destigmatize the threesome, please? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And the two male threesome. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? When I was younger, well, I still have a lot of like really crazy sexual fantasies. I like to say that I have the world's dirtiest mind, but I think a lot of women feel that way about themselves, right? We feel like we're not supposed to have fantasies and we're supposed to they're like, you'll never believe what I thought of last night. <laughs> right. Like, so we think we're so totally shocking. Not. We think we're so shocking. But Nancy Friday's book, My Secret Garden, and then Justin's book, which are about sexual fantasies, show you like, oh, you think you have like a weird sexual mind? Weird is normal. But I remember talking to girlfriends and we just looked at each other in stark amazement and said, wait. There are, not that I don't think that women are amazing and super sexy, but we had all been fantasizing. Whenever we heard threesome, we just thought, oh yeah, two guys serving us. Like that's what we had going on in our minds. We didn't even, <laughs> we, it never occurred to us the other one that like two women with a man. We were just like, ooh, threesome. Yeah, that would mean two guys just doing whatever we want. Double, double fun. Yeah. Yeah. It is double fun. Not that it's not fun the other way, but um it's such a common fantasy. And here you guys are living it out and showing us that like, it's not just a benefit to your sex life. It's a benefit to your parenting and to your relationship. Yeah. Everything, everything that goes into that. And that's something that I circle back to, especially when I'm in a plant medicine ceremony is just this level of gratitude that I have for Christian because of the fact that he adds value to my life. He adds value to her life and he adds value to our son's life. And so on, on every level, he fits in to our family dynamic. And, you know, like I said, when I'm, when I'm traveling, he's there, he's, he's pretend dad for a little while. He's you know? taking up the slack. Yeah. Would you say that? Pitching in. Yeah. Would you say that psychedelics benefited, you know, being able to navigate open? No question. I mean, psychedelics were the catalyst to start open now. And I've had to rely on every fucking tool that I know during this, like walking meditation, uh, Kundalini shaking it out. Like just, I mean, so many stress relieving things that I would rely on on a daily basis to kind of get centered and just clear out the cobwebs, but also, you know, really understanding that how we grow together is a big deal. So that's, that's kind of something we have as, as, um, it's not a, it's not a written rule. I, 
it might be unwritten, but this idea that whoever we bring into the picture, they don't have to be on at the same level when they come in, but they have to be willing to grow and willing to learn. And if they're able to do that, we can close the gap pretty quickly with psychedelics. And that's that's one of the things where you can explain your views on the world or your views on God or any of those things to, to someone else, but it is the direct experience of that that really helps people grow. And I think the fact that he's down to grow. I mean, I gave him... I gave him own the day probably uh, in the first month he was with Tosh and he read it in a week. Wow. You know, like he's just a fucking sponge. He wants to learn. He wants to know. And I find a- that so attractive too. Mm-hmm. As I a quality that. in a person. Yeah. 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 Just like wanting to learn and wanting to listen to podcasts and figuring things out. And even if you don't necessarily agree with it or live it in your life at least you're expanding your knowledge base it's about appetite right yeah i mean there's something really attractive about somebody with yeah. an appetite and he's a driven dude i mean for 26 like i was a fuck up at 26 <laughs> you know, I, was, <laughs> I think i just got in the ufc and i was partying hard and and you know staying out late and then i would tighten everything up for fight camps but um you know he's up at fucking 4 a.m He's doing his, he has a morning routine with meditation, cold shower. Uh, then he gets a workout all before he goes into work. And like I was 10 years ago, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't, I was for damn sure not doing that. So it's really cool to see that, that even with the age difference, he's so about living the best life he can, he can possibly do. And, and I really appreciate that because he's on the path. Mm-hmm. That's he's huge. with you. Yeah. He's with you guys. It's deep. It's so amazing. It's such a huge challenge to everything that everybody tells us is the normal, healthy baseline. Mm -hmm. But here it is working really well. Yeah. You know, I want to honor that you guys um, deal with, you're in Austin. So there's, I mean, I do think you guys, when we talk about building a community, you guys have that community, but you built it. Kind of. It's hard work. But it's like, it's, it's Kyle and Natasha and Christian and it's, me and Ab and yeah. his lovers. Right. You know? And so it's like, we don't really have, we don't have like a large community of people right. who are doing the same thing there. You, you know? guys know about Open Love New York, right? Mm-hmm. While you're here. What? Okay. There's this, well, there are two things. There's Open Love 101, John and Jackie, the swingers who came to the event that we right. did in Austin, yep. who have a swingers club in, in Austin. Austin. And they're, yeah. they're, you know. Hey, yeah. hey now. And I'm down. I would, go, I would totally go strange. check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and they, I know. I also want to touch that on that. I want to like talk about you now opening yourself up to like dating again, right? Like yeah. it's oh, time yeah. to get some more your skin in the game. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So there's Open Love 101 and then there's Open Love New York. And just for people listening and for you guys, Open Love New York, there are open loves in different places. I don't know if there's an open love in Texas, but Talk about building a community. There's that. These are all people who are poly or into open relationships, and they're kind of connecting with each other because they're trying to do the hard work that you guys are doing and kind of push against the master narrative that, like, you know, the couple is the thing. And it's so important to have someone to talk to. Like, just to know that you're – crazy jealousy emotions and stories that you wind yourself up with, it's normal to have those. Yeah. Or like to deal with people's judgment. The the first weekend we had, uh, the first weekend I actually had sex with another person. We were all staying in the same house and Tosh called you and Aubrey Mm -hmm. that morning, you know, bawling, trying to like super fucking heated and just open up important. But after that conversation, she felt so much better, you know, and we've relied on Dr. Dan Engel and you guys and just, it, it is really important to be able to talk about those things with people that have skin in the game and have been through it already. Yeah. It's like, it's no different than MAPS. MAPS is doing the psychedelic research and they're leading the way with MDMA for PTSD. But anybody who's an MDMA practitioner, a therapist, has to have fucking done the damn thing yeah. before they can guide people yeah. through that. So that way they know what the experience is. And, and that's it, what I, people tell me all the time. Like, what are your credentials to be able to give relationship advice? Like, what training have you done? I'm like, I have been in a over five year open relationship. Like it's experiential. That's a lot and of yes, experience. I I do read as much as I possibly can. I do do courses. I listen to podcasts. I interview people all the time. But like, there is 
nothing like actually putting myself in the fire and going through the emotions and the jealousies and feeling like maybe this is all hopeless and then figuring it out, you know, and then forgetting again and remembering again. And it's just like this constant process. And that's for me, I'm, I, I don't know if I'll ever be a certified therapist. And so if you're looking for that, I'm not your girl. But if you want someone who's like been in it and is continuing to put myself in it, I got you. Yeah, the relationship coaching piece is so big and important. And so is, like you mentioned, Dr. Dan, Dan. Engel. Or, you he know, saved our house multiple I, times. Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to blow it up. <laughs> and um, Dr. Mark Kaup is somebody I interviewed. And um, Dr. Michael Moran. The people that I interviewed, a lot of them were gay therapists who started working with gay men many years ago because gay men kind of were doing consensual non-monogamy before it became more mainstream. But whatever the the therapist orientation and whoever they're working with, I always am so grateful that they're there because imagine you're doing the kind of thing that you guys are trying to do, invent a relationship that really works for you. And then you go to a therapist and they whether they tell you or not, and I almost think it's worse when a shrink doesn't tell somebody, but so many people I interviewed told me that they had this experience. They went to a therapist. They brought all this trust into the room. And then after the fact, figured out that the therapist thought that consensual non-monogamy just can't work or that it's a sign that people are unhealthy or they have an attachment disorder or something's really wrong. Imagine putting your trust in that person and then betraying your trust like that. And so I'm so glad that there are there are shrinks and relationship coaches like what you're doing, Whitney, out there and Dr. Dan Engel and Dr. Mark Kapp and Dr. Michael Moran. Yeah, there's so many doing the hard work. people. Yeah. 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 So your skin back in the game, the dating pool. And your skin showing. Yeah, Literally. Speaking of skin. Well, <laughs> I'm glad I made you do that. I hope it wasn't too. too awkward. <laughs> no. I'm just really enjoying this. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I, I I mean, like I'm I'm for certain in a place now where – I'm down. And, and and to be perfectly honest, we are trying for our next child. And that's something that Chris Ryan talked to us about. It was like, hey, you know what? It's okay to close the doors for a little while in a time of need. And I was People just- change it up. Yeah. I was down uh, in LA and I was on Duncan Trussell Family Hour. And, you know, they had, him and his wife had a girlfriend for a while. And then now they've gone back to monogamy because they just had another, their firstborn kid, a little boy. And so I can see that, but also what's, what's where I'm at now, I'm like, I maybe don't need a girl. There's no need. My cup is full, mm. but I, I certainly want to explore that. But when we get pregnant again, there is no shutting the doors because I, Christian's going to be changing diapers. He's going to still have his nights mm. with Tosh. And that's going to be a great thing to have an extra hand oh on God, deck. Can you imagine Oh my God. I'm thinking about how much I paid for a baby nurse over here. <laughs> yeah. You could have just had a boyfriend the whole time. Wait, Joel. <laughs> yep. yeah. Some hunk of beef changing diapers and putting your, your newborn on the boob. Wow, that changes it up. But yeah, you know, like I I as I've as I've really walked through that and what it looks like and having had a kid already and understanding the the degree of tiredness and the degree of investment that comes with that. But knowing that it is the right time, we've spaced, you know, plenty of time, years between the children. And I think we're we're ready for that. But in that experience, like knowing like this is our fucking guy, like he's here for us and, he, and we're here for him. And we have this amazing resource. There's no reason to ever say no to that. There's no reason to say, oh, you know, we should we should tighten things back down. But. Circling back to me. Back to you, shirtless. Back to me, shirtless. And delicious. Um, Well, thank you. Uh, On the prowl. Yeah, on the prowl. (laughs) That's it. That's just it. So I don't know, you know, I mean, ideally, and and we touched on this a little bit, but, you know, polyamory is literally more than one love, right? So that is the thing that we're trying to accomplish. And she has that with Christian. And I would love to have somebody like like you have with Ricky, where you're just like, I'm fucking love you and then you have that deep connection with somebody that's for certain what i would like to call in um in the interim before that i'm green lit for one-offs and, and having fun <laughs> experiences so okay so know, now we point know me in the right direction in new york you know but that that's that's we'll just talk it. about it off camera yeah yeah Tosh, when i was in hawaii 
Tosh, they're, both of them, both Tosh and Christian were like, I really hope you get some out there. And I was like, I don't know, man. We're going to be hunting. I don't think I'm going to have time. Oh, in Hawaii. So, in Hawaii. So she started sending me, she knows on Big Island, she sent me this super hot chick who lived on the Hilo side opposite that opposite side of the island but she's sending me like the instagram oh my god these girls and i was like you're a fucking g help that's my wingman right there you know that's that is teammate for sure my pal she's your pal my pal's looking out for me and that's where like compersion comes into play right like it's like i'm getting pleasure out of knowing that knowing that you could be having an amazing yeah pleasure by proxy right Mm -hmm. yeah um, okay, how can people find you if they want to follow your adventures? Not your, you know what I mean. Like, not that you're putting your yeah, sexual adventures on Instagram. <laughs> at, but- <laughs> at, at Kings Boo. So K-I-N-G-S-B-U on Instagram and Twitter. Not really on Facebook, but, um, and yeah, yeah, I'm totally cool. It's funny because that's another, another thing we've talked about is I'm totally cool with talking about this stuff on podcasts. And I think if somebody's willing to listen to you for an hour, Odds are, even if they don't agree with it, they're not going to write you online and be like, you fucking piece of shit. But for whatever reason, that is that is the deal. (laughs) For whatever reason, that's the deal on Instagram and all these other places, as you and Aubrey know very well, very well. They're like, fuck you, cuck Norris. You know, you're like let all kinds of I'm a giant big black guy, I'm all, Whitney. Yeah, exactly. I'll post a photo of like my dog and somebody's like, yeah, you just fuck a whole bunch of guys. I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lobie, don't read that. <laughs> That's a whole yeah. other podcast, yeah. right? Yeah, the no. online commenting yeah. and so hate I'm, I'm to not, support each other. We here. don't post anything about that. Obviously, we post photos and, and videos with Christian because he's part of our family. Right. And like that, that's going to happen. And people, if they listen to the podcast, can deduct who he is yeah. by following us. But, you know, we're not, um, we don't make posts about it just because I've seen the shit right. <laughs> that you and Aubrey take. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, there, that's another, that's another layer of protecting our children, you know, yeah. in, a, in a sense where for sure, we're going to talk about anything we do. I talked about you know, being a guinea pig and, and experimenting and running these these tests where I report back. Anything that has this kind of impact on my life, I'm going to share with people. I'm not going to hold that and keep it within. But at the same time, there I think are there are better avenues to discuss this than right. social media because yeah. that just that just fucking invites people to talk shit. And I'm sure when Bear is a teenager and he has his own, you know, online accounts and things like that. Yeah, I just I just don't want that to be an issue for him because it's hard enough being a kid. Yeah. And you don't want to have an extra layer of issues there. But at the same time, like he's going to have all the benefits of open his entire life. He and will. That's really cool. And also, you know, I maybe I'm a Pollyanna, but I feel like comments screw angry and skew angry and angry skews a little bit crazy. But I think that for every comment like that, because um, of what I just said, there must be 10 people oh, thinking, there's... oh my God, this is amazing. And thank you. And not saying it. So many people reach out to me and say, I don't even dare to like some of your tweets because there would be so I would encounter so much stigma. But thank you. I am sure that what you guys are describing about being open about your lifestyle and your sex lives and your romantic lives and your relationships, for every negative comment, I'm sure that there are probably dozens of people feeling inspired and supported. There really is so much love. And I think that's what keeps, you know, that's one of the things that keeps me inspired and like want, we always talk about like being on the front lines and taking the arrows, you know, like there's people that has to just be out there and be like, okay, this is how I live. No. And being willing to take the hate and some of the pain and the criticism for everyone else to see like, this is something that they could possibly do. And I, I get tons of messages that are sim- very similar to yours yeah. that are, I can't like you, I can't follow you, or I can't like some of your photos. However, thank you. you guys have changed my life. Like, thank you so much. And this yeah. goes for people in strictly monogamous relationships to wildly open polyamorous situations as well. Right. It's important to remember when all the hate's coming in, that even the people who are hating on you are fascinated by what you're doing. Otherwise, they wouldn't bother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you and Natasha are change makers. Yes. Thank it's so you. True. We'll have Natasha on one of these days when, when you come down to Austin. We'll have her hop on. Wait. And maybe we'll have Christian on too if we can yeah. get him on. That'd be yeah, dope. That'd yep. be great. He's got a lot to say. He's a good guy for sure. 
Thank One of these you days for I'll being have to here with us today. Yeah. Oh my Thanks God. Yeah. We're going to have fun when mm-hmm. we do that. That sounds like a fun podcast with the three. Mm-hmm. Little five way. Woo. And then just, they, everyone has to take their shirt off. Yeah. We'll just be in chonies. I will. No I have problem. some thongs from Perfect. Burning Man. It'll just be thongs. We should all we'll just wear thongs. Yeah. I've, never <laughs> been to, I've never been to Burning Man. We'll we just need to get do a untrue, mini Burning Man. We can wear your untrue panties. Oh my God. I forgot to bring a pair for Kyle. Oh, I'll send them I'm to so you. I'm so jelly. Okay. I'm going to send them to yeah. you. Yeah, I remember go. Aubrey posting with them and I was like, I fucking need a pair. Yeah, you do. You're <laughs> yes. going to get a pair of untrue undies. Yeah, right. you're going to have them. And so is Natasha. And so is Christian. Yes. Because you guys. Family portrait. Are changing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Family portrait. Yay. Yeah, yeah. That'll work. Uh, so good. Thanks, Kyle. I love you. Thanks, love you Kyle. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Such a fun episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. And if you did, please go on to iTunes and leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Um, It really helps the success of the podcast and spreading this message. Much love, guys.